I heard you guys got lost. Yeah. And take your compass with you. Did you? Deliberately? <laughs> Bored. <laughs> okay. So we can uh, talk more about this idea of clarifying or clarifying a mind. And I'm, ha I'm happy to do it with questions if you, um, since we've already discussed it somewhat. If you want to start with questions, that's good. Yes. What's the difference between thoughts and thinking? So we don't really even know what thoughts are. And if we all share that, that particular phenomenon in our consciousness, but we don't know exactly what they are. So thinking, I would think about the process of things rambling on. Thoughts happen to be individual, more separated from the stream of thoughts. I'm not sure if that's what aspect you're asking about. The idea is, the idea is to be aware of those, not to stop them or control them. It's always about, it's always about awareness and whatever's happening. And sometimes this can be very challenging if what is arising in awareness is a really a tangled mess of emotions or confusions or fear, fear about something or uh, maybe one of the most difficult ones is the one that tends to haunt some people that we call depression. We don't know what else to call it because it's a very negative feeling without any particular story of pushing it to the front. Somehow that feeling of, you know, dread or, or you know, it's like I can't do it, I can't go any further. Any of you that have experienced that, I've certainly talked to a lot of people who have that. I've had I've had a glimpse of that myself on occasion, and it's very difficult. But that is, it's like uh, it's like a group of thoughts that are are waterlogged. It's that kind of you can't even tell what you're thinking about, but you know it's not good and it's negative and it feels like it's weighting you down. And so uh, my when I, if I talk to someone about that, I say just. Just let it be what it is. Don't don't meddle with it. Don't fiddle around with anything that arises in consciousness. Everything it needs to be a, an awareness practice rather than a, a, an accomplishment or manipulation or shutting down or ramping up, for that matter, doing nothing with it at all. So that your own natural uh, nature, your own heartbeat can start to show up because it can be, get so covered up with thoughts. And talking about thoughts, uh, one of the, the kind of metaphors that I use, if you... If your awareness is an invisible muscle, but, it, but it's kind of like that when you practice and practice and you sit, and you have to sit a lot. This, uh, I'm not saying you can't get some help by sitting an hour a day or half an hour a day, but it seems like it's necessary to really stretch that area of the mind that we call the awareness so it's very, very strong so that the awareness, and here again, another visual image, I'm a pretty visual person, it's like most people are leading their lives with their thoughts, their ideas, their opinions. They're protecting their self-centeredness with some kind of me, me feeling with uh, lots of uh, you know, thoughts and plans and ways of keeping things at bay and not going into a particular thing. And, and you see something arise and rather than actually see it, investigate it even, or look into it, we, we immediately throw up an opinion about it. Well, like, well, that's ridiculous. Those people don't know what they're doing. Or, or if it happens in our own mind, we may, might even try to shut that down. We're always trying to manipulate our feelings, emotions, thoughts on some level. And the awareness practice tends to move the awareness out in front of the thinking. The thinking process is still there as a tool, as a way of understanding, of a way of analyzing things. But leading with the air, awareness is, is, a, um, is what is probably will come up for you as a, an individual. As you live, you'll find that you're, you're kind of more out in space with things. And the way that feels to the ego is scary or threatening, or insecure, or I don't have enough reference points, or I'm, I need to, 
I need, I need to find, I need to get some kind of uh, help or guidance or something. Um, yes. Uh, in regards to what you just said about depression, is that practice on the cushion the same as post-meditation practice or just in I think it, I think it could be in both directions. Might might be different, a little bit different if it's if you're actually doing sitting meditation. But it could be it could be in any area. So the idea is to the way you'll know that you're leading with your awareness. Awareness isn't something you can't find it. Uh, if you if you find something and you say I'm more aware, then you're probably not. You think you're thinking you're more aware. You're replacing the awareness itself with thoughts about the awareness. So to actually be more aware is to possibly feel less uh, aware or less because the understanding that usually is based on thought process is has been backed off either slowly just by the force of energy or gravity you could say uh, and so that not knowing feeling as long as there's some kind of shred of ego or self-centeredness it's going to be affected by that and it's going to try to find like in the shambhala tradition they call it a cocoon we put it you put the self-centeredness uh, with a cocoon around it, we protect ourselves from, from life, and we live out of that, out of our ideas, opinions, beliefs. We all know someone that's operating that way, more than likely, a lot of, maybe a lot of people. So you won't necessarily, if you are starting to operate more and more out of your awareness and, and less, and again, not to get rid of the thinking process, but less out of opinions, ideas, judgments, preconceptions, predeterminations, uh, prejudice. Think about if you say you're not prejudiced, then you're Probably not uh, too clear. Can't really make that statement. Prejudice, the very nature of prejudice is hiding. So trying to protect the meaning? Yes. <clears throat> what does it look like to unprotect, not to protect the open? Yes. And so the process of that can feel kind of threatening. You might find yourself, um, uh, and we don't really get rid of the ego. We just begin to see that it's uh, transparent. We see that, that who we thought we were as an identity or a description of ourselves as not really true. There's some truth to it, but but just like there's some truth to a stage play, but it's a play. There's some truth to a, some kind of a, a dream. Some truth, it's happened, but it's unreal. And so if that's unreal, then what is real? What I would, what I, the way I would say is find out. I wouldn't take away your wisdom mind by trying to explain, which some teachers do, go on and on and on about the nature of reality. They're not wrong. They Some people, really, that's how they're going to learn. They need to have somebody stretch it all apart and show some huge long labyrinth of concepts and then there's other people who you know, are ready to probably wouldn't be listening to me if you weren't ready to wake up right now i don't have much to say i keep saying the same thing over and over sometimes my students even say i oh, just keep saying the same thing i say yeah i know that's why i have everybody read these really difficult books <laughs> here read the heart sutra the diamond sutra the sambi nirvana sutra the Lankavatara Sutra, and then work on Dogen for a while, and then after you get done with them, then read Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism and uh, what was Coleman's book? Embracing Mind. Embracing Mind. By the time you get through with that, you, you won't want me to say probably P-R-O-L. Yes? Um, how is seeing your confusion clearly different than just being confused? Well, similar, but being confused usually involves some kind of struggle about the confusion, which actually is the nature of confusion, so some kind of, some kind of imputed or preconceived idea that there is someone and there is a problem. And, and that problem, you can take whatever's a problem that may be interior and project it out on somebody. We know what it's like to have be with someone who is really having difficulty and, and starts blaming us. And we, we kind of see that 
it's really them, but yet since we're not really clear and if we have a close emotional relationship with them, sometimes their, their lack of clarity instead of, maybe we might see it, but we still feel the input of finger pointing at us and because we're, we get triggered in the areas that we have not been able to, to get some relief from on our own, even as we're sitting in the cushion. Uh, so uh, seeing, the con- uh, seeing the confusion, being confused is actually being in the whirlpool and seeing the confusion is some kind of quality of awareness that's kind of moved out from that. Still, it still sees it, uh, see, still sees the confusion. So the seeing of it tends to, this is what's called uh, shunyata, seeing emptiness. You actually see that things are empty of what you thought they were. <clears throat> the continuation, continuation of that practice, eventually even the emptiness will not save you, according to this person. Some people, emptiness is the end of it. But actually, it's, uh, it's when you come back into the world. Uh, the Zen Oxfording pictures set up 10 different pictures that show the, tra- the trajectory of going through the mind training and going into complete emptiness where there's no ox, there's no circle, there's no nothing. And then slowly, the, I think the image they use is the, of the uh, person who started coming back into the marketplace or back into society. So the confusion and the space that shows up around the awareness, around the confusion, sees it, starts to see that, but it doesn't object to it. And so therefore it's not separate from it. So one is not separate from the very confusion that you're originally trying, trying to get rid of. And you don't mind, there isn't any minding. So therefore there's no, there can't be any warfare unless there's a polarity. So you, you can actually awaken in this body-mind, in this body-mind right now, so that when this body-mind goes away, uh, you don't go anywhere doesn't mean that you're hanging around like a ghost, necessarily. There's something there about how we relate to our confusion. So let me say more of that. When there, there, you'll see kind of a graduation. I think it's different with everyone, but you'll see as you begin to well, you acknowledge this confusion, uh, but then the, the, if you can manage to see the way you keep trying to blame something, that we, we go into a why question, and the why question is invariably like a little detective looking for who did it. Who's the culprit here? Why am I confused? Is it me? Am I confused? Is someone else doing something that's confusing me? We're always, uh, you know, looking for happiness in all the wrong places. And who you are is naturally happy. You're already happy. Happiness is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. Happiness is no warfare with anything. Even the most negative confusion that comes up in your mind, no warfare. If there's some, if there's a self or there's someone there that's trying to get something else, second noble truth of the Buddha, someone that's trying to get something else, then there's going to be tension and war, albeit maybe very, someone could go on and on and write a whole book on how that looks, become a philosopher on the nature of that. But to transcend it is to actually, uh, transcend is to go beyond, but to really go beyond is to not go anywhere because you're not separate from anything that's occurring. If you understand that, you can be totally embodied and totally uh, not separate from anything anywhere. Not particularly spaced out, but not, not spaced. You've heard of the not not teams. <laughs> I like the question. Um, one of the episodes of Democracy Now! was interviewing a woman who, and her husband was murdered. That woman, she was talking about immigration, and you know, we don't besides the story of the people, and she told the story of a woman who fleeing to be here because they would kill her, and all her friends would say, Yes, the cartel will kill her, and yeah. she was begging for asylum, and she didn't get it. And then they um, 
found her body in a car with her hands tied to the steering wheel and she was burned. Yes. You know, and so it is difficult enough to work with our own negativity and confusion. But then when we look outward, what is happiness when like, really strong confusion is going on and hearing stuff like that? Well, the question is, when you see all this suffering, how can you have Happiness is not separate. The very person that's suffering is being separated. The causes and conditions that lead up to any given situation, I don't care how violent or horrible, there are causes and conditions. And even those are not parent person or a culprit or evil person or monster, <coughs> that is dependently arisen. And that, and that, that uh, situation, even though it looks, uh, that's why it's so difficult, because it looks like we need to blame that, punish that person. We need to rescue or support that person. And I'm not saying you don't, but the thing I say to everyone that will give me your ear for a few minutes is don't do anything unless you have to. If you're doing something you don't have to do, then you're, 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 you're actually ignoring your karma. You're ignoring the very lessons that you need to learn. This is why we're here, to learn what this is. This is a big, huge school. Every, every manifestation of life is, including bugs. They're just at a different level. And so uh, that's why I say... Um, Train your mind. This doesn't mean don't go to don't go to the down where they're uh, locking up, putting babies in cages. I'm not saying don't go down there and protest, but don't do it with a mind full of hatred and a mind full of animosity. And uh, you might because there's so few people doing this, sitting down, holding still, training their minds, seeing. So many people are ready to jump up with their confusion with and with their with their partial clarity, partial evidence and ready to go to war or go to something and try to change it or manipulate it. And, and, but they haven't looked at their own aggression. So if, if you can't go there with, without your, your guns loaded, because so many of us have un, unexamined aggression. Uh, so I would say first train your mind. But because, of, because karma uh, uh, is dependently arisen and there's no way to know what the labyrinth of causes and conditions are that are behind each person, you may find yourself uh, going that direction. Like we had a member at Song in the Morning once years ago. It was the fellow's name. Huh? Yeah, it wasn't speaking of Sam, but I was speaking of a uh, um, young fellow there. I can't remember his name, but he was uh, he was the friend of uh, names. Anyway, he, he was coming to the retreat, and this has been years and years ago, something coming to the retreat, and then he, he came. Uh, he didn't come, but his girlfriend came, and she said, uh, I think her name is not coming to me. I remember. She lives in uh, near... It's not too far from here. Anyway, Christina. Yeah, it's Christina. Uh, and and she came. Yeah, might have been. No, it was Michael. That's that's uh, Karen Camillo's friend. <laughs> Keep them all straight. But anyway, she came and said, he can't come. He has to go to this uh, protest where he's going to protest fracking. And I, as soon as she said that, I immediately said, oh, great. He should do whatever he needs to do. She says, yeah, he really can't do that. He can't come to the retreat. He has to go and protest it. So that's kind of what I'm saying. If, you have to, if, you, if you're in doubt about it, then hold your seat. Hold still and watch and see if that, if your karma is so powerful relative to that situation that you're, you know, drawn into it out of, it's choiceless for you. You have to go do that. So if not, then train your mind. Uh, use the time that you have here. This is a, we, we think we have a body mind, but it's not really ours. There, there's no ownership. The whole idea of ownership is complete misunderstanding of what this is. You know, we say we own a house, we say we own anything. The whole idea of territoriality is just a misunderstanding. Not that we shouldn't have a house, of course, of course we should. So, so that 
that situation is heartbreaking to hear the story without extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. So we started in, in my practice, there's plenty of unexamined aggression, but at the same time. Oh, really? Time, How do you know it's there? You said you had plenty of unexamined aggression. Oh, good guesswork, probably. Some of it doesn't seem to be there. The things that used to make me pop before don't as much. Okay. And for example, in a situation like that scenario and imagining the cartel and the perpetrator, yeah. it doesn't seem like there's as much aggression towards that to get out of no. hearing the story of people being mutilated and murdered and imagining what they're going through. How, in the midst of that, and you know, even if you did protest or think, it's just there's there's no quick answer to this no. major stuff on a big level. So what is happiness in the midst? Happiness is an understanding of the, of the true nature of things. They're, they're not separate. I'm not saying your heart doesn't break over it. It will. I, I, I can't do this. If I if I let my mind go there, I completely come apart. Well, you said if you let your mind go there. Yeah. If you don't know what the mind is, you're not going to be able to, to work with that in a way that, that is uh, uh, skillful. I don't teach skillful means because I don't think you're going to know what skillful means is until you until a wrecking ball has come around and hit you right in the middle of your self-centeredness, which, of course, when it hits, you realize there isn't anything there. There is no one. There's no solid self in the skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. Even though it's here, it doesn't make up a self. There's nothing to defend. Yes. When you feel like you have to do something, do you think that comes from the heart? Me or you? Or Where does it come from? Where does what come from? When you have to do something. Uh, a way of talking about that is to say it's coming out of your the awareness that is receiving your karma as it's produced rather than what you think it is. You have feelings and emotions about something, and if you add anything to it, it clouds the very karma or the dharma gate or the lesson that you're supposed to learn as a human being. Some people are meant to go all around the place. We see some people live their lives, and sometimes there's someone close to us that we don't understand. What the hell are they doing? Why are they going there? Why are they doing this? Why are they studying that? You know, and people maybe talk to you and say, what are you doing that for? I was asked that when I was first started this many years ago. And my mother, I don't know, it's choiceless. I don't think I told her that. I don't think I even used that word. And I just might have said, I don't know. Or I might have said, I can't help it. Or, or it helps me, even though at the time I didn't know who was helping me or not. So I think it's, it's the force of karma that, uh, that, that needs to be. I mean, you're here. You came here out of cause and effect. I mean, the simple form is, you know, I tell people, go look in the mirror and look. try to take credit for anything you see other than your haircut. You know, you can't take credit for your eye color. You can't take credit for your, who you are, your, your age, your sex, your skin color. You, you just appeared very tiny and your parents raised you. Hopefully they treated you well, <laughs> raised you. You became an adult. They might be here. They might be gone. And here you are. And this is an amazing situation we call a human life that most people are just taking for granted and just living out. You know, they just go to the bar every Friday and have a couple of beers. And maybe they watch sports or maybe they, uh, you know, go sailing or, or maybe they don't, maybe they don't do it. Maybe they have two jobs because they don't make much money and have to work a lot to keep their family going. There's just so many stories. And then there's some people that are born into incredible wealth that just, <laughs> as if because of the nature of cause and effect, it's very, very much out of balance due to a lot of things never being balanced over because of greed, intense greed. You know, we've got over a dozen people here. I mean, how many places in Michigan do you think something like this is happening? Probably not many, if any. Maybe a little bit. There's a little bit of this happening. We're talking about 
not a political party, not trying to encourage you to do anything or join anything, not particularly encouraging anything other than what I say over and over again to those who will listen is train your mind. How do you do that? Sit down, hold still, and find out who you are. Find out what this is. If you're sitting down facing this fireplace or these rocks or this uh, shoji screen and you hold still, whatever you see, whatever's arising is exactly what you need to see at any given time. So that's why I don't teach uh, shamatha vipassana or the, the controlling kind of meditation. It's trying to get you to be more clear. This is a misunderstanding. It wasn't. I taught it for 30 years, but it's no longer what I teach because I think that you whoever's listening to me say that, that you need to find out who you are. You don't need to follow some kind of artificial instruction on what to do with your mind, including all the tantric practices of creation, completion, visualization, deity yoga, imagining the chakras and all the mantras spinning around the heart centers of all the deities. Very complicated stuff. Maybe you need to do that. If you need, feel like you need to do that, I'll teach you how to do that. But my recommendation is the most advanced practice you can do is to sit down, hold still, Find out who you are. Find out what this mind is that comes and goes and, and masquerades as itself, masquerades as someone. It's, a, it's an astonishing situation. I could sit here and tell you all day there isn't anyone, but it won't mean anything until you see that that whole area where you thought there was somebody at, there isn't anyone there. It's empty. There isn't anyone speaking. And, and as has been said many times, it's the thinking that's happening is without a thinker. There's no thinking identity. Jim, I'm not sure exactly how you said it just now, but you you say often, uh, often you say something to the effect of what we see is what we need to see. And yes, I do. Exactly what we need to yeah. see. How is it? What we, I don't understand that. Okay. How is it so if you're sitting, you're by yourself, and that's why you need to do quite a bit of it because the initial sitting is kind of get, getting used to doing something that's kind of odd. You know, you're holding very still. Most of your friends are not doing it. You're holding very still. Nobody in high school told you this. You're sitting very still. Your PhD program didn't tell you this. You know, the poli political structures don't tell you this. Um, and a lot of even the religious organization, including Buddhism, won't tell you this. I'll try to get you to do something else. And I'm saying sit down, hold still, and whatever's moving. And this is something I wasn't taught directly. It's something I discovered after a long, long period of time. It just started to show up for me that you need to see who you are. And how do you do that? You sit down, hold still, body, mind are not separate. You can't find the mind, you can't control it, but you can find the body. So it's a, it's a body-centered practice. Sit down, shikantaza, just precisely this. Sit down and hold still, and uh, whatever arises in the six sense fields, including your mind, is your, you could say, key deliberation. Because you'll, you'll begin to see over time, and that might not be for three years, three months, 18 years, I don't know. I'm a very slow learner. And I have no credentials other than what I'm doing now. So eventually you will begin to see the way you're deceiving yourself. Yes. So what we need to see is more the process that we need rather than many particular content. That Both. Arises. Content, process, anything you need to see. If you're seeing something arise and you, Jim, or anyone for that matter, is saying, I'm looking at a process. That, that is how you keep yourself from seeing it, is by labeling it. But you have to do that a lot before you can learn yourself how to refrain from labeling. You have to label, you might have to label for years before you can refrain from Because when you're refrained uh, from it, then whatever arises, you don't know what it is. And when, what, what arises, you don't know what it is. This is the path to liberation. More? Yeah, I mean, I need to need the process to conceptualize the question. Okay. So the content that arises, and there's a sameness to the content quite often. 
Yes. What what happens in our seeing that same stuff over? What happens? What? It changes. It doesn't last. If you do anything with it, it'll tend to present itself the same way until you get it, until you see what it is. And if you if you push it, if you pull it, if you push it, aggression. And if you pull on it, like explain it, if you blame anybody, if you blame yourself, the apparent self, if you blame someone else, if you blame a situation, even though it's correct, even though you were mistreated when you were young and now you're dealing with some kind of uh, self-esteem situation, uh, to, to buy into that situation by saying, that's the reason I feel this way. It's not that that's incorrect. It's just that it's samsara. It's the circle of cause and effect. You're buying into cause and effect. And this is a spiritual path. This is where you, you acknowledge that. If that shows up, you just know, you just acknowledge it. You just see it. But you don't necessarily join in that, that with some way, if I can just understand that. Uh, also, this doesn't mean that, that if you're sitting and suddenly or gradually or intermittently, some past scene in your life starts to wind its way out of the memory that you don't remember and you start to remember something about things that happened about in, in uh, ancient times, meaning when you were six. If, if something that, like that surfaces, do nothing with it. Don't accept it. Don't reject it. Don't look away. And then it just it just takes on whatever form it takes on. I'm doing this with my hands because sometimes it feels kind of snake-like. Uh, and it just comes through and you notice it. You don't, it's just like watching uh, fish in a pond. There are clouds in the sky, like I said earlier. Very interesting and even magnetizing, even a little bit seductive. But none of your business, really. Your own emotions and feelings are none of your business because there isn't anyone. They're just, but they're looking for a self, and they're looking for a, they're looking for the imputed self who actually has this feeling. You can actually have really intense emotions and feelings without them being uh, joined to some kind of identity that feels bad. A person, a person who feels bad, or a first person who feels good because they're starting to get less or less and less more. To me, the, the emotions seem well. First. The, what arises naming it and doing something with it, even if it's a very done very remotely, it's reflexive and just happens. Yeah. When emotions arise, that doesn't seem that's just kind of a pure thing. That seems to be something that just happens. But it's below all that somehow the emotional content's way below all the um, jabber, mental mental jabber that arises. What's the question? Is that emotional? All it is below all this to talk what um, one really needs to see. You're just describing awareness. Just don't do anything with it. And also, that also means by not doing anything with it, don't necessarily start to build up expectations that since I'm not doing anything with it, there's some kind of payoff somewhere. There's no payoff. That's why it said, my teacher, Trungpa Rinpoche, said, you've heard me quote this many times, the path to awakening from the point of view of ego is... Uh, one disappointment after another until the final disappointment, which is awakening itself. Disappointing ego. It's not disappointing to Buddha nature. Buddha nature collects no reward. Buddha nature, there's no payoff. It's the disappointing part is after all this work, you just realize there, there isn't anyone. You, and, you, and you also realize that you're no longer at war with anything and you're no longer at peace with anything. You don't do that. That's a low level of thinking, war and peace, fighting and not fighting, fighting and not fighting. We have to bring, bring peace. This is a misunderstanding. It's like saying, well, you have to have hope. No, you don't. It's a waste of time. Don't do it. As it's been said before, hope is not a is not a method. It's just putting things up in some kind of a little temporary God realm. 
But this doesn't mean you shouldn't work with the situation as it is, as the nuts and bolts of any situation, be there with it. This is what, what we do all the time, just clean, washing dishes, mowing lawn, doing, uh, as it says in the Zen tradition, chop wood, carry water, or is it chop water, carry water? It's never funny every time I say that. Nobody laughs, just people kind of shake their head and go, <laughs> good, good, good questions. Anything else? Yeah, thank you. Help me. Oh, ask questions. Yes. Uh, Barely, did you say the word refrain? Did you say more about refrain? Um, when did I say refrain? About 10 minutes. Well, I'm going to refrain from doing that. Well, it was refrain in the context of Jim's question. You said you may have to refrain from yeah. yeah, and the way I, t I talk about uh, that, and I've done this even more than saying refrain, I'm, I'm just saying look at the labeling process, and you'll see if you watch yourself label, you'll see that you can actually refrain from doing that. But that re uh, refraining from doing that is a very, very subtle, and it's not necessarily an action that ego is involved in. It could be a little bit, but it's like seeing it. It's like, uh, uh, it's like you're just kind of getting, um, it's like your stomach starting to turn about that. You're just getting tired of, of getting a substitute identification. Well, that's just this, that's just. And so the refrain, refraining from it comes from very simple. It's barely even noticeable kind of energy. Sometimes it, it happens when we see the way we're fueling that. We see where the fuel is coming from to create that kind of a situation. And we, it's very simple. It's just like you do. This morning we were talking about samsara and just cause and effect, cause and effect. And yeah. It feels like there's something that keeps coming back up and up yeah. and up. Doesn't it strengthen the habit if it, there's no refraining or doing something with it? I'm, I'm following you. Uh, I'm still going to say no, but ask it a different way. Maybe I'll say yes. Ask it in such a way that you, you can get me to say yes. Do you ever make the intention to pull the plug on the persistence? No, not saying yes to that. Okay, maybe. I mean, should there be any refraining going on if it's just so, relentless? Well, the refraining is, pulling the plug is one thing. Refraining is, is more, uh, is less is better. Uh, don't do anything unless you have to. Don't, so refraining is more of a don't label unless you have to. But first, you have to see the label. You have to see the insistence that the, our self-centeredness, our ego, or wanting things to be different. The second noble truth of the Buddha. The first one is life is suffering or discontent or unhappiness or not getting what you want. And the second one is wanting things to be different. Wanting what you want and, 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 and not wanting what you don't want. The similar kind of passion. And then ignoring things that are troublesome and you can't get control of them. So those three seem to be operating in the self-centered or ego mind. And so it seems that bring, just bringing awareness into that, bring uh, awareness into that so that you can see it, it kind of, because there isn't anyone, it kind of starts shutting itself down. But it takes time. Don't do anything unless you have to. When you do something, in your context, it's um, done with a wisdom mind, basically. It's, it's examined, so it's done with wisdom. Wait, wait, wait. Are you telling me what I'm doing? What are you telling me? I'm asking, is that what you mean when you say, don't do anything unless you... So, wisdom mind isn't, isn't someone or something or something you can put to use. It's it's not getting in the way of reality. And even though it sounds like a voice talking, sounds like a person, it, it is, practically speaking. But there really isn't anyone here. It's not a bragging point. It's a, there, There's not a solid success or failure happening here. So there's just uh, uh, an, an endeavor to... When I'm asked questions, or when I ask myself a question before I give a talk, which is the way I give a talk, I ask myself a question, and then I come out and answer it, supposedly, or at least respond to it. 
So if there's no, there's no, I was picking up some kind of strategy situation from what you were saying. There isn't one. Yes, go ahead. Second piece of that is you mentioned not many people are doing this. Yeah. And then there's a lot of people going out to protest or throw there are. that. So that may have been choiceless to them, but they didn't bring the wisdom possibly to the situation before they went back. Yeah, they're, they're not, people are not, anybody who's, even the people who are harming and murdering other people. Uh, we're not giving anybody a break I'm saying that, but I'm saying sometimes a force of karma or some, an individual's karma is so powerful, they don't get some help from somebody if all they get from society is getting locked up and put in a box and treated like an animal, which happens to some of the people we've gone into prisons to visit with. should not be in prison. If you go into prisons and talk to people in there, you ah, heartbreaking. The people in there, I'm not saying they didn't do some sociopathic kind of thing, but it's not a good thing to do. The thing to do with them is to help them, help them with their mind, not not accuse them and blame, which our whole society, whole structure of our whole society is intensely polarized and right and wrong, right and wrong. And you watch television and all of the news, it's just warfare all the time. And so train your mind so that when you do get involved in that, you're as clear as possible. Being clear doesn't make doesn't necessarily mean you're going to feel right or even good. Being clear, if you're clear in a really confusing situation, you're probably going to feel confused. But you're clear about the confusion. No blame. If you're blaming anyone, this is not being clear about confusion. It's taking sides and finding right and wrong. The confusion that comes out of beginning of time, out of causes and conditions. It's like you can't stop a cyclone, hurricane, a tsunami. Yes. Um, you said that uh, we are a physical, physical life in the spiritual realm. Um, what is this spiritual? Uh, no boundaries. No, time and space are, are, are concepts that beyond time and space. So therefore, it's not separate from. But you have to see it. It can't be just a kind of concept that you saddle up your pony with a concept. You have to actually see that, and so you know it. It's not a belief. It's not a disbelief. It's not exactly knowledge. Because it doesn't uh, it doesn't have a has conceptual uh, concepts around it that point to it, but the situation itself is is beyond that, and it's available to everyone, and you can know that yourself. You know, sometimes the way Coben, uh, my Zen teacher, talked about it was uh, get your own authority. He didn't say follow me around, do what I said, do what I say. Get your own authority. He was a he was a very not not well known teacher at all, but a very powerful teacher if you met him face to face. At least he was for me. So when you say that this is a spiritual path, um, how does that relate? How does that relate to existing in a spiritual realm? Well, spirit, uh, mundane. I'll use a mundane path as trying to uh, having an object, their goal, and trying to get to it. So, and even in the spiritual, even in the Buddhist path, it starts out the provisional teachings are very much about uh, getting getting somewhere, getting more clear, using using various uh, um, concepts to help. Uh, clarify our situation. So there's some of that going on uh, initially. So there's a relative aspect to it. But at some point or points, uh, we begin to leave the relative situation and go into uh, more, uh, like in the Mahayana, uh, the emptiness teachings, like the Heart Sutra, form is empty. Emptiness is form the same as true of feeling, perception, concept, and consciousness, or this physical. It's empty of what we impute to it. And so there's less and less and less handrails. It's like uh, my teacher, Trungpa Rinpoche, said uh, practicing the Vajrayana is like going up a really steep mountain with no handrails. And you, to get to the top of that, you have no, it's a mountain, but you don't have any handrails, so it's dangerous. And once uh, Coben was quoted that, uh, what 
Shankar Rinpoche, my first teacher, said, my Zen teacher said, uh, well, how does that compare to Zen? And Gobin, wanting to one-up Shankar, said, Zen starts at the top of the mountain and goes up. So somebody must have won. <laughs> so it's always about it's always about awareness of something, not what is arising, not what is you're being aware of. So that's why when you when you you might be having difficulty and you might be describing have some some kind of understanding of the difficulty, but step back a quarter of an inch and look at the tremendous amount of space that's in your conscious and your mind stream that is actually holding that or looking at that negativity. That that space around the negativity is uh, wisdom. Yes. is clear you're not going to know it i don't mean that to make it more difficult i'm just trying to say that your clear mind actually is the clarity is not something you can see the clarity in your mind might show up as being extremely clear about your confusion that's what has to happen so but most of us we start to get confused try to find ways we'll even if we get confused on the cushion we'll get, even get up and leave stop meditating i'm not going to do this this isn't working i'm feeling worse well that's why you need a teacher so the teacher can say that's how that's called the path. Get back on the cushion. If the teaching person has permission to even tell you that, back there, keep going. Don't give up now. You're actually be entering your own dharma gate. You're entering your own field of uh, <coughs> confusion, so you can see what it is. Because it's the seeing, the understanding of confusion that is liberation. Everything is already liberated. Everything is already liberated. It just doesn't. Know. I mean, the Buddha awoke. Obviously, wasn't there, but the way it looks and what he said, everywhere he looked, he saw. A Buddha, because he was awake, and he knew that everyone else was awake, but they don't know it. So therefore, he began to teach them. That looks very cool. Questions? Uh, on the other hand, um, it seems really human to uh, think about hope. I mean, you don't like that word hope. I didn't say that. Oh, I said I didn't like that word. Did I say that? I don't like that word hope. I didn't say that. All right. Well. I mean, it's human to want everything to go your way. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no? I mean, when you're sure lost. Is. Sure. So yeah. What's your question? Well, I, whether um, when you're realized, you really, you really literally don't care. Oh, no. Not you don't care. That's you don't care. That's more like ignorance. No, you care. You really care because it's like it's like your own hand is on fire. All of the world, you see your own hand on fire. But you can't, you can't, if you go there, you collapse. Just like his holiness, uh, 16th karma pot. I don't know if I can do this without choking up myself. Uh, so he, uh, well, if I can try. Back in the 70s, he was visiting Hong Kong and, and he went out on a veranda there and looked, uh, looked out across the all the people. Uh, who were living there in the various uh, buildings, apartments, millions and millions of people, and came back in and collapsed because of the suffering. Not separate. I'm not saying you have to start weeping for everyone. I don't intentionally do this. I can't help it. And, I, and it means nothing. 
doesn't mean I have some kind of wonderful connection that you don't have. You have the same connection. Just don't turn away from it. Some people think that someone marching uh, on against something is somehow heroic. The most heroic thing you can possibly do is find out who you are, without a doubt. Find out. If you find out who you are, you won't be able to. You won't be able to stop your. You won't be able to help but help others. You won't even be work. Just do it. Just now, because 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 I, I can't talk and I don't want to just sit up here and sob <laughs> or sneeze. Situation because I, I don't, it's not, it's not going to be particularly helpful for me to sit up here and just uh, collapse on the floor. So I don't, I'm not intending to do that, but I thought that story about his holiness was a good one. I didn't understand when I heard it many, many years ago, 30, 40 years ago, but I didn't really know who he was then either. <clears throat> Were there questions, please? Yes. The sense is there is a great deal of difference between when you say, I can't go there. And when someone says, if someone is ignoring, speak about the difference. I'll try to. So what I'm saying is, is I, I can feel that. And if I start to talk, I start to talk about it, I get emotional. But it's not emotional in the same, in the same sense that it was years ago. I don't know what exactly how to describe it. Uh, the, ignoring is more of a, a turning away. The turning away that I'm doing there is not really a turning away. It's just backing up slightly so it isn't quite so uh, painful. Is that an example of skillful being? Probably. But it's not something you can actually teach, even though they do talk about upaya or skillful means. Um, I don't know if it can be, be taught. I think, I think wisdom uh, needs to come first. It's like uh, the crazy wisdom form of the Buddhas of the three times. In the Tibetan, Buddha, Tibetan tradition, they talk about crazy wisdom. Well, I was at a crazy wisdom seminar in 1975 where the Chongpa Rinpoche was there teaching, and uh, there was a lot of interesting people there. Uh, there was uh, the founder of S Training was there. Uh, several famous poets were there. One of them was Allen Ginsberg, which some of you may have heard of. He was there, and uh, I remember him asking a question about, uh, Alan was kind of a pretentious fellow, and uh, you ever met him, uh, but he's, uh, he was kind of asking uh, Trump about crazy wisdom, and I can't remember all that transpired, but it's uh, it's recorded somewhere. Um, it might be in the book called Crazy Wisdom. Um, um, Alan was trying to figure out how to use crazy wisdom somehow, and uh, Trump Rinpoche said something to the effect, it's a little bit of a paraphrase, uh, said a couple of words about it, but he says, um, he says, first you get wisdom, then you go crazy. First you get wisdom. So first you you have real clarity about it. And then uh, my idea of the craziness is not so much the person who's functioning that way. They're not necessarily experiencing some kind of craziness. But, uh, but that from the ego point of view, it may seem because the person who's functioning in that way doesn't really function out of cultural norms. So therefore, they what they're doing may appear to be crazy or out of that. This does not justify any, to me, any teacher crossing across the line and taking advantage of a student at all. So don't misunderstand that. There's a whole 
little scandal going on in the Shambhala community, not to mention that one, but all over the place. And so it doesn't just so crazy wisdom is just that the operation of the of the, the teaching person may be somewhat outlandish in relating to his her or their students. I want to ask who you are talking to. Now myself. Seems like you're sharing concepts. Um, what are we doing? Do we uh, be picking those up and thinking about them? You could be. How do we hear in a way? Don't add. Don't interpret. I sometimes say, and I'm saying now, uh, you don't have to understand a thing I'm saying. Not necessarily to understand it, but don't stop listening. So what that does, that sets up a, a little bit different situation where you're just letting the, te the, the teachings or the person talking, in this case, me, you're just hearing that. That way you're, you're getting a bigger picture of the situation rather than locking down on the on the images in some kind of structural or analytical way. See that you lock down. <clears throat> if you can see the locking down, that just the awareness, just the the bright, excuse me, bright light of awareness starts to cause things to those kinds of things to dry up. So you can't you can't stop them because that creates more. That's working with it as relative truth. It has to be awareness that will penetrate into the confusion, into the lack of understanding, and begin to lighten things up. And it doesn't lighten it up in a a relative sense, like it used to be this way and now it's that way. It does it more like it becomes less separate. It becomes empty, and then every all the po the polarities start to come back together again. Seems like when you when I'm listening and I become aware that I'm adding, I am already off to not listening anymore. Awareness. You're, you're describing exactly what happened, which is awareness. Well, it's not just awareness about what I'm saying. It's awareness about I'm saying about what's happening in your mind as I'm talking about that you you leave uh, the room and go into some other discursive thought. We're all doing this. I'm sitting up here doing it. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm actually having, as you are too, having different streams of thoughts happening all at the same time. That's confusing to a self or an ego, but to wisdom mind, it's used to that because it, nothing is, uh, everything is dependently risen and everything, nothing has a, a personality or an identity of its own. You might call it a tree leaf, but it's not separate from every other leaf, every other tree. The ground, the water, the sky, the sunshine. It's an astonishing situation to find yourself. To actually be, uh, have consciousness, as I said earlier, downloaded into a human form. There's a lot more forms than just humans. It's just as if we're so lucky to, um, it's almost just to, um, like the Buddha way to me, uh, my, um, the idea that we that all people here know everything. I mean, that just seems yeah. like such a um, wonderful. That's pretty astonishing to me. And it's interesting that as you do this practice, you you have you may have uh, at least I did have a preconception that you're going to change in some way. Not going to happen. You're going to actually have to be who you are and be awake. Good luck. Now, what if you just had to be who you were? Why that works is there isn't anyone. There is no, there are no solid beings anywhere. Therefore, even ego is not threatening. So your ego comes back full force. It's just ha it has no authority whatsoever. So it's quite amusing to listen to your thoughts and not believe them, not disbelieve them, not ignore them. Thoughts come and go and come go without a, a thinker. Right now. I'm thinking about a snowmobile right now, a polar bear riding on it. 
Those thoughts come up for a middle of the talk. Well, yeah. Someone's face saying very complicated questions yeah. going on. I don't listen to anybody. Haven't you noticed? <laughs> <laughs> with your attention, before there is what is really um, cute, vibrant attention, <laughs> That's a nice you voice. still hear what's said. I both hear and not hear. I, I, I don't know how that works. I, I can't explain it other than, than if you're present, which I'm not making any claims. But if you're present, you won't know what's happening, but you won't miss what's happening. So you don't miss, you don't, you see it, you, you both see it and you don't miss it. You both, you're not attached to it, but you don't miss it. You're not concerned about not understanding anything. Sometimes if I totally pull it and, and I don't hear anything the person says, I might say, would you say that again? <laughs> you know, I might, or I might say, would you, real sneaky way, do mind paraphrasing that? <laughs> That's pretty sneaky. I don't know. You're, maybe because you're not doing anything else. You're just listening. But this doesn't mean that you said the polar bear. That just, there's an area of my consciousness that if I go there, all kinds of stuff starts. But it's just like the, the, the instead of being at the mercy of your whatever this is, uh, you actually have access to things. Just like if I want to, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever, ever been able to talk about His Holiness Karapa without crying, but sometimes it's been a lot less than that. Sometimes it's more. So I, I, I'm endeavoring to just tell you the story without doing that, but that sometimes that comes up. I have no idea what it is. Of them. You know, it's like if I talk about my teachers very much, I start to get choked up because of longing, which, which is gratitude to do this with. I couldn't even be alive. Especially the first one. Take, I would have gotten rid of this terrible person a long time. That's why I can do this. Let's say you might have interesting things like polar bears, right? But what if the co-emerging danger is persistent story that's going on about a situation at the same time? Well, if you know it's a story, you decide it. If you know it's a story, then it's kind of like watching a stage play. You know it's not real, but just like watching a play, you can actually. Isn't it interesting how we can be entertained by? someone acting out a murder, it's a murder. Why would you want to watch that play? It's a, you know, we've, we can watch terrible things in a movie or a play. Some things we can't, we, some things are still taboo. You can't, something you can't do, as you know. But you just, whatever rises, just watch it. And if it goes away, just watch it. And if it comes back, just watch it. Or just observe it or just, I don't know, receive it or don't argue with it. It may come in and cloud things up or may clarify it. I'm not sure that I'm, Responding to what you're asking, but I'm trying to. But you were talking about dreaming. If you see a dream as a dream, even if it's silent, the moon is not as potent as if you're believing that. Yeah. It's like like I often say, you've heard others say, don't believe your thoughts. Your thoughts are just there. Even the most real thought is not real. It's a thought. It's, it's a thought about something. It's never the actual thing. The actual thing, if you see the actual thing, if you actually see the real thing, you see, you, you see yourself. Everything is like a mirror. It's like this, this second chant we did uh, here. I know we didn't do song. We do that down at the temple. Song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi, Okil's on mine, which is about the mirror-like wisdom. It's like you eventually, uh, the mirror is the only thing that works in that way. You, eventually, everything, everywhere you look, you see a mirror. You see yourself, your own, your own mind, your own life, your own presence is showing up everywhere. And it's something that, you can talk about a little bit, like we were saying, talk and say a little, 
a little bit about that, but then you have to go to the cushion and actually begin to see that or understand what that is. It's not something you can just, uh, there's, there's some kind of a technique or particularly questions, especially by someone who hasn't asked questions. Very good. Thank you.